This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, via play vitriol as United spiked by Spartans and jabbed by Jags. And Rose are thorny, but Dundee beat Bonnie Rigg in Doc's first test. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And we've got the A-team back together, I think, for the first time in a wee while. Certainly all in one place. Because Alan Temple's here. Hello. George Kranz here. Hello. And Graham Finnan's here. Hello, everyone. And uh, as, a, as a look at the notes for the first time, well rehearsed as usual. We're starting with United this week. Um, and... This time last week, Alan, you were away doing an exclusive and in-depth interview mm-hmm. with the chief executive, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce because I'll get it wrong, um, mainly because I've actually forgotten his name. <laughs> Luigi Capuano, I'm sure. Capuano, after, that's after, his name. After the last couple of games, who, I'm sure he's more than happy to have his name forgotten. Yes, who no doubt prompted by all the right questions, said all the right things. But unfortunately, in the end, it's a game about results and the team have let him themselves, their manager and the fans down in two games so far in the Via Play Cup. Yeah, emphasising the need to rebuild trust and build a feel-good factor and we're all in this together and uh, jazz like that. I think the last thing he needed was two um, exceptionally poor results, the first of which clearly was the more uh, surprising the 1-0 defeat against Spartans the first half of that game which was dire really really poor there was no urgency no tempo no aggression Um, really hard to stomach if you're a a supporter of that sort of performance second half was was better but hugely profligate missed so many chances um, which would have been uh, acceptable would have been able to write it off if not acceptable uh, if they'd then gone and had a response against Partick Thistle um, uh, again, hugely disappointing and I'm loath, we're discussing this on the way up and we've all covered this tournament for a while and as you go through the group stage of the Via Play or Premier Sports Cup or League Cup or whatever it's going to be called it's when, this, the Betfred, yeah. when, when, when this company collapses, who knows what it'll be called <laughs> by, by the end of the season but Bear will collapse this month, I've paid my <laughs> subscription <laughs> mm. Check the news this morning Yeah, it's um, it, You go through the, the year since the rebrand and this group phase is littered, absolutely yeah. littered with with mm-hmm. surprise results. So you you can be made to look a fool if you if you judge too much on competitive games in the middle of July. However, what it does do is it builds on the. I think I've used the phrase "feel bad" factor before. Uh-huh. Uh, that that general feeling of of malaise that yeah. that can surround a club, and that's the problem you've got when the next season starts so swiftly after the previous season as well. Because it used to be that. You could build up a bit of a bit of a buzz over the preseason friendlies, and then you would get to August before the competitive stuff started, and fans would feel refreshed, would feel re-energized, there would be positivity. Whereas now they're starting games in the second week of July, and all and the heart of the previous season is still there. Yeah. And despite the fact it's a new group, uh, new targets, uh, different people in positions of power in terms of. Uh, recruitment, sports science, boardroom, that feeling of, oh, this is the same old, same old, 
lingers because fans haven't had enough time to to forget and forgive and this doesn't help um, so uh, in terms of what the rest of the season will bring um, I think it is still too early to judge the team is still a work in progress however in terms of lifting the atmosphere and creating a sense of momentum United really could have done with a better yeah. via play cup and let's be honest the via play cup is now over for them I um, know that's why you're saying no one's no one's qualified with less than, with eight, less points. than eight points yeah. United can only get six and uh, that was me uh, I keep using the phrase all but uh, eliminated because frankly I cannot do the maths <laughs> to figure out if they are but I think they're probably mathematically eliminated I, I suspect but I'm not entirely sure oh, about that too many groups to work <laughs> Ex that exactly exactly yeah, just do the all but yes so that's where uh, effectively is a wonderful word uh -huh. <laughs> but is it, you, one thing that occurred to me and it's, it's a scant consolation bear but I think St. Johnson definitely got beat. St. Mirren got beat as well, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Montrose. Montrose. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Because I, I looked to see if Sean Dillon was playing as I always do. But if anyone at United, any of the new guys, the manager at board level, need reminding that United are still a big club, two Premier League clubs lost the same day as they lost the Spartans. It was United that were the first club mentioned when it came to the shock results, and. The good in that is they're still regarded as a big club. The bad in that is the result. And also it shows there is, there's, if you sign for Dundee United, you've got a level of pressure, don't mm, you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right enough, there is good and bad in that. The bad is, they are a, they are a big club essentially. That's bad because they're up there on a pedestal yeah. to be knocked down and everybody Aye. wants to knock them down. And unfortunately for United, um, you know, that's happened twice already this season. Um, and I think there's, I was speaking to Alan, as we said before, we came on air, and I think the bigger thing is that there's no, there'll now be a realisation, I think, among Dundee United fans uh, going into the Championship that if any of them ever thought they were going to run away with this league, you know, they'll now realise that is certainly not going to be the case. Be, yeah. be brutal not, about it. They've, only, they've now realised it was only fools like me that said <laughs> it was going to be easy. Yeah. Jim Goodwin and everyone else, but the, but you do you go in as a fan thinking we yeah. should take care yeah. of business this season every game. Yeah, but you're looking at your squad now, and I I, I saw bits. I never saw any of the Spartans game whatsoever. I saw bit highlights of the the Park Thistle game, and although Park Thistle have lost quite a few of their top players, you know Tiffany to Dundee, and they've, and they've lost a couple to United, lost Lewis Holt and and Doherty, um, they still possess a smattering of of decent. What I would say top-end championship players, someone mm -hmm. capable of probably playing in the, in the Premiership, the likes of, you know, Brian Graham and, you know, you've got yourself Bannigan and, and Lawless is in there and, and Harry Mullen, who we've spoken yeah, about excellent. before on this podcast, yeah. who's a top player. And there's clubs like that right throughout the championship. Yeah. If you look at the championship, there, there, there's there's quite a number of them. I've got four or five really, really good players. You look at Morton, Muirhead and George Oakley up top, Inverness, you know, uh, uh, Billy Mackay. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, quite a few. You could go. You could go through them all. Top time. And, and if you're off it, they'll punish uh, you. Absolutely. And I think, looking back at last season, if, if there's hope for United, I would say Dundee were in a similar position in terms of they had to play all these teams. They all had still had these smarter than the players. But one thing Dundee had in their favour at that point in time was their, their squad depth. And when these teams hit the buffers in terms mm -hmm. of injuries and things like that, they could not replace. They're better players with, with a similar standard player 
and Dundee were able to do that and I think over the, the course and distance that got them over line but at this point in time that's no consolation for Dundee United and their uh -huh. fans because it comes on the back of a very poor end to the, obviously the Premiership season and they've now continued that into the new campaign and the Tom, that's, that's, that's a worrying trend. It's a worrying trend. I was going to say one one thing is, I mean, and it's different players, Alan, but I, I saw the the goals and the chances from the Thistle game and the two goals in particular. Again, if you if you jump with someone and they jump higher than you, yeah, in the school, but one of the goals, the header, the, the lost them, and it was the flavour of the goals was last season's. So many goals they conceded where there was plenty of people in the box, but they weren't tight enough, they weren't close enough mm -hmm. to do anything about it, and that was a bit of a worry for me. 100%. As I say, we're too early to be making sweeping judgments, but the f the sense of deja vu is alarming. There's mm -hmm. no getting away from that. It's Jim Goodwin's been, since March now, talking about the need to cut out defensive errors, and um, the three goals that they have conceded... Um, so far this season have all been characterised by maybe a lack of aggression and a mm -hmm. lack of front foot defending against Spartans. Ollie Denham loses the 50-50, which leads up to the goal. Um, the first goal against Partick Thistle, I think Declan Glass, there was claims for foul, I think he gets shrugged off too easily. And then um, th the move is delightful, but it's traffic cone stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, the, you know, Thistle are passing around defenders that aren't engaging uh, aggressively enough. And then the winning goal, as you rightly say, um, uh, it's Harry Milne has too much space. Ross Docker is effectively left with two players to mark. He's got a boy in front of him and a boy behind him. Doesn't know whether he's coming or going. And Harry Milne kind of sclaffs, if you can sclaff a header off your shoulder kind of into the mm -hmm. corner. And that came, it's worth saying, that came about a couple of minutes after Harry Milne had forced a really good save from Jack Walton from another yeah. set piece, which Brian Graham, who with the best will in the world, tortured young Ollie Denham all evening, um, had flicked on. So there are, the defence in particular, when we're talking about work in progress, is a real work in progress. It's, um, Kieran Freeman doesn't have any best run of form at the moment. Ollie Denham looks like he has got a lot of tough lessons to learn, particularly when it comes to uh, dealing with big, strong, physical number nines. And God, he's in the wrong division if he's yeah, going to struggle with that. So that, that, that worries me a little bit. That, uh, but hopefully he can learn his lessons and learn his lessons fast, let's be honest. That's another that's frustration why he's here. for United fans. Brian Graham was a positional centre forward mm -hmm. who, when he was at United, he said, be a bit more aggressive. Yeah. And like a lot of, a lot of big guys, he's added that to his game as his yep. career's gone on. Absolutely. And, um, you know, let's be clear, that's why Ollie Denham's up here. That's why they've sent him up here. So mm -hmm. uh, you'll need to learn those lessons. And Kevin Holt, I thought, was was fine. And I think he probably will be fine yeah. as the season goes on. I'm not dancing on the ceiling about him. Uh, Scott McMahon was good. And the, the link-up with Kieran, uh, Kai Fotheringham at times was, was positive. But the defence concerns me. At least they've got a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper looks decent. Yeah. Um, he mm -hmm. says kind of scrambling for, for, <laughs> for, plus uh, for, for plus points. So... But, I mean, let's be candid on that one. The bar was pretty low, but he has uh, so far um, jumped over that bar with flying colours. So Jack Walton looks a decent capture. But overall, whether it's uh, whether this is with the shape of the back four that will start the season, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps there'll be changes. Grimshaw will probably be pushing for a right back berth, I would Aye. suspect. Um, but it needs to be tighter. Um, before they go to Gayfield at Broth because you know you are going to be physically 
and um, intensely challenged by our growth at Gayfield and they didn't deal with that well enough, uh, particularly um, on Tuesday via Brian Graham. So, um, yeah, big big problems to solve, but early enough that they are solvable, I think, mm-hmm. is probably the um, probably where we are. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, it's the, the because of what happened last season. Understandably, the fans are not happy. There was the incident last Saturday. There was there was more uh, grief handed out. Understandably, at the end of. Tuesday night against Patrick Thistle, which for me, you're, I, I wouldn't criticise it, as long as it's within the bounds of <laughs> decency. I don't, I'm with Jim Goodwin, the fans are right to criticise. Does the, But away from that moment at the end of the game, do they need to be still calm and let him get on with moulding this team? Yeah, I mean, that's easier said than done, oh, isn't course, it? Oh. And, and it's, not, it's not just towards, you know, Jim Goodwin, there is still a, a lingering... Suspicion, I guess, maybe the right words regarding the, you know, the boardroom and the decision makers that are in there. Are they the right people for the job? And uh, they are now, for probably the first time in a wee while, working with kind of complete autonomy. And we'll, you know, this is the season they'll be judged on as well. So there are there's a lot of question marks regarding from the dugout to the boardroom. Are these the people for the job at Dundee United? Yeah. And I think there is a portion of that fan base, undoubtedly, that is waiting to. Um, past judgment um, and might not be <laughs> overly patient on no. either regard. And I think, uh, yeah, we saw that at Spartans. The, the Spartans one was um, uh, peculiar. You know, there was a lot of young lads there fired up and, and it's quite rare that they get quite so close to that little tunnel yeah. area. Yeah. And it was... It's uh, a perfect storm ex- in some ways, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, was it was a wee bit claustrophobic and, and not great. And you, I can't blame Spartans, you know, it's not a club with no. a huge infrastructure, but it's not... It was a wee bit like Winston Johnston went off the pitch at Kelly Hearts last season, I think it was last season, and it, it all got a bit looming and aggressive and uh, these wee grounds can sometimes be a bit bad for that and and certainly not to betray confidences but you know we did get a wee blether with David Bowman up at the the Uh training ground the other day and I think the notion that he reacted to something that was was said I think has been slightly overblown I think it's just he felt that some of the younger boys uh, were getting a wee bit too much from and I think he was looking to protect uh, you know some of the younger lads that were going off there that he felt we're getting a stick that was maybe over the score a wee bit. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, but in an ideal world, if you're going to vent, vent your spleen, try to do it at the more experienced players. <laughs> it does, it can hurt kids yeah, it's a not, lot more. It wasn't, yeah, it's it's no, for example, Archie Meekison making his first start for yeah. like umpteen months. Yeah. It's not his fault they lost to Spartans, nor is it their fault they're in the championship. And in fairness to the punters, I don't think they're actually even thinking, exactly. oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, they're just annoyed and exactly. they're, shout- they're shouting at every tangerine jersey that goes past. But, but also, I mean, you guys have done this long enough that this all gets blown up because of Twitter. Like, it goes viral yeah. on Twitter and Aye. all of a sudden it becomes this big thing because the the red top online desks pick it up and it get, goes round and round. And whereas, how many times have we seen this happen over the years where... Yeah. where the fans does, will be shouting and, and the coaches will maybe turn around and say, shut your pass and the blah, blah. But it doesn't, <gasps> it never used he to get... <laughs> We've I'm had this not, debate before. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it off the swear list. <laughs> no, I, it's in, but it never used to get filmed. It never uh-huh. used to go uh-huh. around. And yeah. so we can get a bit carried away with this sort of stuff. Tempers flared. 
a, a few people on one side probably said something that they said a few things that they would regret. And David Bowman probably looks back at the footage and thinks, oh God. I should have walked away. <laughs> I should have walked but away. It's a lot but, of people that care. Yeah, um, it's, it's a much, much ado about it's, nothing. It's interesting though that the uh, Glasgow papers didn't know who he was. That was very peculiar. I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. Yeah. yeah, we were we were wondering whether it was a, a, a legal thing or whatever, or whether they're, whether they're thinking... Is there like a two percent doubt that that is Dave Bowman? Yeah. Like, but it's I think it's more a case of not to make anyone in the field. I've known feel him for old. forty years, the best part of so <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't make him out on the phone, but when he when he replied, I was like, Oh, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's um yeah, I think it's just that's you know everyone's what? getting old. Fans, yeah. Everyone's getting once old. Once the dust settled, a lot of fans don't mind that because they know yeah. it shows There's how a bit much of and as long yeah. as it didn't actually come to blows or anything like that it, it's a guy who just wants Dundee United to do well he, he's just, yeah, just he loves it he's a passionate guy we saw that through his career I mean how many altercations was Dave involved in in tunnels over nice, the years going for, nicest going, man in going, the world going until black the switch goes I mean, here listen if Dave was a United supporter and I would turn it the other way around I would imagine Dave would be at the tunnel <laughs> given the players going off a wee, yeah. a wee bit of stick you know that because but, hey boys Known him. There's every chance that once 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 he had calmed down a wee bit, yeah. the dressing room door was shut and he'd be yeah. he'd be saying the same things to the players. That was the funny thing about people suggesting that um he had reacted to something that had been said. Uh -huh. I don't think there's language you can use that he hasn't <laughs> used um towards <laughs> the players. So I think the notion that he was reacting because somebody said a sweary that was a bit too much for no. him is, is silly. No. I think it's it's more that just it was it was that looming aggression towards yeah some of these younger yeah, boys that I think uh -huh. he might be yeah. just he took a wee bit of umbrage at but you move on and this is all forgotten if they win some yeah. bloody football matches you know and that's the whole thing is there is only he's you know, potty mouth today isn't he <laughs> Luigi Capuano so, can, can give interviews they can get a new finance director they can get a new head of recruitment there can be all these changes and there have been changes at the football club mm -hmm. they are trying to right some of these wrongs which are self-evident after last season but it means nothing until the football team starts picking up results and that's where they need to build the momentum yeah. and that's where they the need to start Results everything. There'll always mm -hmm. be... Everybody will forget that. I've, I've never quite understood and it's quite a big thing in this city with both sets of fans that always like to be suspicious of what's going on in the boardroom mm -hmm. and I, I'm never, I've never quite got it. There have been times when it was reasonable but... Quite a few times where it's been oh, reasonable yes. over the years, to be fair. Yes, but we'll do. We'll, we'll speak about Dundee later. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that thing where, to me, the changes look like changes, smell like changes. So there probably are changes, but some people aren't willing to admit that. But even the ones that aren't willing to admit it, any of you, they start. They win their next two games. They win their first two league games. People will only be talking about we're on a win and run. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd urge the United fans to take a deep breath, and that can be hard, very hard when your team's oh, lost. I, the first I, I, of games. I mean, I'm not. I'll give them that advice that yeah. you've just given them. Yeah. I'm not saying I would follow that advice if someone yeah. was giving it to me. No, absolutely, and I, I would also say that you know. It's not where you are in August or, oh, or July that yeah. counts. It's where you are next May that ultimately yeah. is what matters. And that's you saw that with Dundee. It was where they were in May. That actually I love the Scottish Cup in particular, yeah. but every time Dundee are not, the frequent times they're not in the Premier League, 
I just want them out of the cups. I yeah. don't, I, I'm not interested in cups because yeah. I, th I think they're a distraction. I don't buy into, oh, it's good to have another game and all this and if you're on a winning run, keep going. I money get that can be good. Money, money mo can be yeah, the money can be great. But I, that's, get a part-time team away from home, <laughs> give the fans a trip on the bus yeah. and then get one of the old firm anywhere in the next round and get out mm. and get back to getting promotion. And for me, all I'm interested for United this season is the league win the games. I suspect there might be an element of that in Jim Goodwin. Now, he hasn't said that privately mm -hmm. to us and he certainly won't say it on the record, but mm -hmm. now that they are effectively out of the competition and he can, although they could do with winning them, you know, for morale, he can effectively use the next two games as competitive friendlies, yeah. if you like, and maybe make a couple of changes ahead of a growth because they've also got a car trip to Carlisle ahead of a growth. That's three games that they can finesse mm -hmm. and fine-tune he might be a tad glad to have been able to treat them a little bit more mm -hmm. um, like uh, exercises because a broth is so big now. It's televised. And make no mistake, the BBC Scotland cameras are coming because they smell a shock. Yeah. Um, that is a huge game. And I'm not even going to patronise a broth by saying banana skin. don't think it is a banana skin. No, they're, they're, two, they're two football clubs that are in the same division and a broth have got their ducks in a row quite nicely in terms of their business. They are ready to go for the season. I know the division better than United. Of course they do. So, Dayfield, so. I, so I don't even think it's yeah. a banana skin. I think it is a competitive championship fixture that United could conceivably lose no bother. I don't no think any, any club in the championship would pick that as their first fixture. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's huge. And as we were discussing on the... Elevator up to, to to this fine floor. Or it's that's a lift. Uh, <laughs> if we get uh, if we get, you know, if there's three four games in the championship season and Dundee United are on one two points, then then you're veering towards crisis territory. So it's um it's it's a big it's a big big mm. few weeks for the, Dundee United and Jim Goodwin. They could do with beating Peterhead though. The, the, the I think that is fair to say. Yeah, John. I think yeah. <laughs> Even even if you can treat it as a friendly ish, we're not putting exclusive on no, that statement. No, but I, yeah, they, and, need, they just need yeah, a bit. And Oc October twenty twenty will be looming large. It was might have been behind closed doors, so it's not a game that maybe lives long in a lot of memories. But Peter certainly Head, not mine. Peter Head, <laughs> Peter Head one no one at Tannadice. Uh, oh, Stephen yeah. Boyd winner. So even in recent memory, the Peter Head have come to Tannadice and and won. Peter Head, who managed to get a draw in normal time against a Partick Thistle team yeah. that's just won at Tannadice. Yeah. So it's it, it won't be easy. Um, but maybe United can play with a bit more freedom now that they know that effectively they, they aren't playing for progression. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's it just it needs to be better. It needs to be tightened at the back and it also needs some inspiration in the final third, get fans excited about what they could see and maybe come on to it. But I would expect maybe Louis Moult to start that game and get some minutes in his That's legs. He could be a big signing. What was the, uh, encouraging in the moment and then baffling about the Park Thistle game? It was a well-worked goal that United scored and they got themselves off to the start. And but I suppose when, when things start to go wrong, they've got that fragility about them, haven't they? That guys might go into their shell a wee bit. That's what I think was lingering from last season. As much as Jim Goodwin rightly batted away a question I asked him the other week about, you know, whether there is still a fragility that comes from being off the back of and so soon after relegation. It's a new group, it's a new mentality, it's this, it's that. 
I still think that hangs over and it, yeah. it's hard to shake off because it's a, it's a club-wide malaise thing and it's mm -hmm. hard work to shake that sort of thing off and the challenge is to start winning games and to start turning that juggernaut around and not becoming Falkirk, Sunderland, you know, clubs that where you can change, how many times did those clubs change yeah. manager, change personnel, but there's just, there's something in the air, there's a lingering malaise and yeah. United can't let that happen. And it's too early to suggest that's happening, but I'm just, uh -huh. I'm, I'm outlining the, the worst case scenarios and why it's not always a case of just changing manager or changing players. There's, um, you, you need to make sure you don't slip into that feeling of where every mistake's a disaster and every every defeat is a is a snowball onto I, the next. I mean, this is maybe one for Bear and George to answer more. It, it has crossed my mind. Is this you you saw him a few times last season? Is this why Jim Goodwin's made Ross Docherty the captain? Is he the kind of player that will go around teammates and say, "Come on," because it strikes me that he could be a key man with his mouth as much as he's his feet, if he starts turning around and saying, hey, this is how we're playing this league, get, stop feeling sorry for yourselves, basically. Get stuck in, put the effort in. He seems to be that sort of player. Ah. Uh, when I watched him last season, he was he was a, he was a dogged midfielder, and you know he, he he wasn't he wasn't slow to let his own teammates know. I think they weren't doing things right. He wasn't slow to let the referee know if he felt the referee wasn't doing things <laughs> the way he wanted them to be done. And they're going to need that, but they're going to need more than Ross Doherty, Tom. I, I think maybe that's the problem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm concerned with the centre of defence. They've, they've brought in Denham. Uh, they've brought in Kevin Holt. Now, I, I don't know Denham at all, but uh, you know, apparently, it looks as though he's going to have to learn fast up here, Alan. From what from what you've described him as. Yep. Um, Kevin Holt. I've always known Kevin Holt as a left back, a marauding left back who was good defensively, mm -hmm. who come in and, and set plays, a, a big lad. But he's not an out and out rugged centre half. No, he's not in, a rugged in, player. In, in, in my book, and, and that's. You know how do United find that they're going? To, he's going to have to add that to his game because they're going to have to be tough in that area. They're going to have to be, you know, no nonsense, clear their lines. You know, that's that's a vital area for for Dundee United. When I watched the highlights against Partick, especially the the turnover in the ball, the amount of times I saw Dundee United were maybe only two men back and four Partick Thistle players going down towards them, and four Dundee United players trying to chase these Partick Thistle players down, even when the score was at one one was a bit surprising to me. So maybe they're needing to work a wee bit more on their defensive shape. I think Grimshaw will come in somewhere along there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I do feel that, you know, he can, he, he is a tough, tough player as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tom, he mm -hmm. knows that division well. Um, there will be improvement. Of course yeah. there will. Jim Goodwin will sort, will sort that out. But unfortunately for the way things have gone, he needs to do it quickly, Tom. Yeah. He needs to do it quickly because the pressure is on, and every every bad result adds more and more to the pressure. And as much as you say, you know, we're not listening to that. Players feel that, and you think they've got a lot of young players in that squad now as well. So you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to play. You can't go on the park with fear. You think you need their good players to be able to cope with that. They have got experience in there now. Tony Watt came in from nowhere last week. I've got to see. Mm. I, like I was it. I was going to say, and all the. And he's he. I saw him getting a wee bit of stick too, but the, the lad he wasn't expected to play yeah. for another two or three weeks, and he came in and lasted almost the whole game on Saturday. And a wee bit of understanding there that I would say that says something as well about how much Jim Goodwin rates him. Quite rightly, it says something about his character that he was ready to play so long, but he obviously couldn't be in anywhere near match fit. Yeah, he's. I think he's made 
fantastic progress with his rehab. The club are really, really happy with the, the work ethic and the intensity that he's put into that recovery. He strikes quite a, a determined figure this season. And yeah, the, the last two games have been about getting minutes in yeah. his legs effectively. Just like it's about getting minutes in Mikkelsen's legs, about getting minutes in Louis Moult's legs. You know, there, have been, there has been an element of that in the last two games, which are low competitive that's the difficulty. It's why we keep talking about this competition mm. being so peculiar at this time I, of year. You know, I mean, Tony Watt's a no-brainer. He's uh-huh. such he's such a good player that you you say, well, okay, we'll take the gamble with the League Cup uh-huh. by not, by be, maybe not having the competitive edge up front. But if if these if he gets fit in those four games and is ready for the Art yeah. Roth game, it's a worthwhile exercise, surely. That's that's what it's all been about. It's it's about having a fully fit. Um, strongest possible 11 for that game against the Broth and it's interesting what you're saying about characters and mentalities and things like that because it's the first chance to speak to Louis Moult after the game on Tuesday mm-hmm. and um, he spe- if he plays half as well as he speaks then he's going to be a, a big big player for Dundee United it was, like, it was somewhere between an interview and a wrestling promo <laughs> he was so bombastic and so confident and so determined to shut people up and yeah. uh, basically saying things like I'm on social media and I read everything everybody says about me and I'm going to shut them up you know that was like I a general that. vibe and he sounds like a player that is going to be loud and angry and moany and drag people along by the scruff of the neck and United needed and need more player yeah. like, players like that and um, I, I like his I like the energy he's given off um, so, I've seen a lot of players who have uh, the Play half a game. Well, but you're right about Louis Moult. Have you not? Talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been a World Cup star, uh, Tom. You can. I, well, I, actually, I was think I didn't speak very well, but I was still I still spoke a hundred times yeah. better than I played. <laughs> no, have you not? You can find the Louis Moult that was at Motherwell yeah. a few years back then. I'd be putting money on to win that oh, championship yeah. without a doubt. I, I, think, I think it's a good sign. It's yeah. a gamble, obviously. Yeah, every sign is a gamble, is. but. Pff, it, to me, that I mean, that's another no-brainer yeah. for me. That if United could get them, go for them. Mm. United yeah. are in an imperfect situation, yeah. so they're not going to get the perfect signing. Yeah. However, of what <clears throat> is out there and options that would have been viable, um, I think he's right up there among the best of them. And it's only a one-year deal. Again, mm-hmm. good, good lessons mm. learned. You know, if we're talking about, you know, changing things and learning lessons from previous, then. Every they signed, you know, he's a lovely guy. So I don't want to. Um, he's, he's just top of my head. Uh, Arnold Jum, they brought him in and gave him a two-year deal when he hadn't played a lot of football. No. it was it was an errant move and one that they've literally paid for during the summer. Yeah. They've not done that with Louis Moult. They've given him a one-year deal and basically that will get him determined and he'll, no doubt if he gets them promoted, we'll be looking to extend that mm-hmm. and maybe stay longer. But. It's more incentive based, you know, the, the old Jim McLean philosophies of, and, you know, actually incentivizing your players to be successful. That's what they've done with Louis Moult. And to, to, to be positive, sort of in that vein, if it's now 100% confirmed Charlie Mulgrew, Mark Berigiti can go, as is Betch, we might not see again. With over a month to go in the transfer window, if United can get them off the wage bill, there's still a wee bit of room then, is there not, for a, uh, another couple of signings? I think they'll keep looking. Yeah, I think they'll keep looking. Maybe, I think there's maybe an argument that they could do with somebody who's a natural creator in that space behind mm-hmm. the striker. I think they're good for width, they're good for number nine. 
Uh, I think they're good for competitive midfielder Sibold and Doherty and Grimshaw can all do that job. Um, centre-back and centre-back position, I'm not sure. It's, it, all, it all comes down to what Jim Goodwin's seen in training and how much yeah. faith he has in his centre-back pairing. I'm with Bear. I look at the pairing of Kevin Holt and Ollie Denham and it, it, it does need to improve. It really does. Um, Craig Levine was on the radio uh, just you know, upstairs uh, on from where we are in the press box on, on Tuesday night and he was saying on air, listening back, um, that Ollie Denham looks at you know, looks like he's got something about him, but physically isn't quite ready and needs a destroyer beside him, needs a big leader mm-hmm. who will win everything beside him. As Bear alludes to, and he's seen a lot, lot more of Kevin Holt than I have. Is Kevin Holt that no-nonsense destroying centre-half who's going to look after the young boy beside him? I don't know. It, 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 it strikes me, it seems unlikely if he's played most of his career at yeah, left-back. Yeah. So, and likewise, Ross Graham, who'd be your other option for left-centre-back, is another young lad. Are you going to play a 21-year-old beside a 19-year-old at centre-half? So there's maybe an argument that could be made that United could do with going out and signing a Ryan Edwards. Um, not the Ryan Edwards of last season, yes. the Ryan Edwards right. of the prior two. Um, so... Uh, but again, that all comes down to budget, and you're right in what you say. They will need a couple more, probably off the mm-hmm. off the wage bill. Well, guys, time will tell. Do you like a true crime podcast, Bear? I do, especially if it's local. What if I told you about a podcast that tells the story of a massive cocaine smuggling operation involving a man from Blair Gowrie who did a deal with the Cali cartel to import £100 million of uncut cocaine to Scotland? I'm listening. Hunting Mr X is DC Thompson's first true crime podcast that reveals the unbelievable story behind Julian Chisholm, who also became known as Mr X. It's got a prison break, an assassination plot... Undercover surveillance, the lot. Where can I listen to this? Hunting Mr. X is available on all your major podcasting platforms from Spotify to Apple. Subscribe now. Right, George. Arsenal is... Sorry, Dundee. (laughs) How many (laughs) 1-0 games can they have? As, well, I'm, I'm sure they'd like more. I mean... I'd kill kill for a (laughs) 1-0 win in my side of the city. I'm a fan. I can moan about anything. That's three I feel like I'm moaning about them beating Bonnie Rig Rose one 0 yeah. but I, did, I looked at the stats of that game and it looked like it could have been a long. Yeah, war. it was it was a very dominant performance. Dundee were good; they just didn't uh, match the performance with with goals. They had plenty of efforts and goal. Uh, so I just just like saying this phrase to someone: Dundee were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just having it's a early days. Yeah, that's I, right. I was just having a wee look uh, back. The unbeaten since February now. Right. Eleven games unbeaten. It's not too bad. Momentum's a real thing. I better mention that before it ends. But they didn't um, play any games most of May <laughs> no. <and> June. <laughs> well, it's, it's long enough, isn't it? Uh, Bonnie Riggs uh, goalkeeper um, Paddy Martin got man of the match, which tells you um, that he had a very good game and, and Dundee's finishing and, and just that final bit in the the final third was was just a wee bit lacking that's the only concern I have at the moment over the last few games is uh, it was kind of the same against Abroath it was kind of the same against Cove they had plenty of chances that's often the thing that comes last is that yeah you, and Tony Zocca said don't, that early well. pre-season you don't create yeah. chances early games you you start creating chances but it takes a while to then convert them all doesn't it Tony Zocca has said that they, have, they haven't done any work yet on 
finishing and crossing and all that sort of stuff. So that will improve. Um, still yet to see them take on really strong opposition that would go level with a Premiership team. So there's still a work in progress. And we'll, I think their fixtures are actually pretty decent in that regard in terms of building up because Adria will be a, a step up from Bonnie Rig. And then obviously they got the Barton, but Inverness will be there Inverness, another step yeah. up. And then into the league, league set up. So they're they're in decent shape, um, and hopefully, as that's not a bad way to do it when you're actually building a new team, is it? Because mm-hmm. for one, one of a better phrase, you can con the players into thinking they're better than they are <laughs> because you put them up against teams that you know they're going to beat. But it's, it's been a, a gradual progression it's, for them, isn't it? It's exactly what Dundee United tried to do, and uh-huh. evidently hasn't worked. But they their preseason games all. Behind closed doors, started with East Fife, went to Queen of the South, then to Motherwell. It literally mm. stepped up, stepped up, and the the intention was to yeah, have them ready. Yeah, you can probably ready, look you know? at pre seasons and tell who are the settled team that have only had to add one or two because oh. they'll play more difficult opposition, won't they? Uh, well, and Docker is a big thing that he's talked about is the winning mentality. He their pre season games, so yeah. they don't really matter, but he wanted to win them. He wanted to install that in the players in the in the squad that they get used to winning, and we've kind of talked about United's problems. They've kind of got used to losing. Yep. Dundee, of late, they just won the league, feeling good about themselves. New players coming in as well has helped. Another signing this week in Malachi Boateng. Yeah, he's a good signing, I think. Yeah, I just like the name Malachi. It's like <laughs> when they've signed a Dickens novel. <laughs> <laughs> He was uh, very good for Queen's Park last season. He was really strong in the middle of, of the park for them. And he was a championship player of the year, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he? I think I he may have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Although I have to say, I thought he, he got dominated by Dundee in the, in the game when Dundee well, Dund- the yeah. league. Dundee beat them every time. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Um, but... Docky is a big fan. He chucked him straight in. The, yeah. He's yeah. the sign of the uh, only comes that's through. That's always a giveaway, isn't it? That was yeah. a surprise. That was a surprise yeah. given that, you know, he'd just come up. Had, had he been started any sort of training regime at, at all down south? Well, yeah. It's, Crystal Palace, have, I think they just maybe started a couple right. of weeks ago. They played two friendlies in the past week and he played a total of six minutes, right. I think, okay. in those friendlies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't, wasn't ready, but he chucked him in and he made a difference. They scored two minutes after he came on the pitch. He, I'm not sure how much impact he actually had, but um, that kind of thing shows the man. I mean, it's the, it's similar to the Tony Watt thing at United, and the the boys here, he, he's fit enough to play. Let's get him match fit as mm. quickly as yeah. possible. It shows that Tony Doherty plans to use him, doesn't it? I would think so. Looking at it, it looks like Tony Doherty uh, is 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 putting a, a decent squad together. There, there are a few areas. I would still be a bit concerned about, but in general, he, he's already got a, a, a reasonable size pool. And one thing he, he's he's going to do to him, if, if boys aren't performing, he's going to change it. I he's thought, not he's not yeah. going to wait. Well, I was up at Cove. I wasn't at Bonnie Riggs during the week there. I was up at Cove on last Saturday. And Dundee did exactly the same. George dominated the first half, had mm. plenty of chances, didn't take those chances, and he changed it at half time. So they brought uh, they went two up top and. Uh, Went a wee bit more direct, but they got the win. But he said that he said that, as George said, he's you know he's he's wanting still a winning mentality. There's different ways to win games. What concerns me about Dundee at the moment is the amount of chances that they're given, they're passing up. They'd had that problem last season where yeah. they allowed teams 
to stay in games when games should have been mm-hmm. beyond them now. A George Benson, yeah. Bonnie Rick, that, probably should yeah. equalise well, later that's on what yeah. not being in that's the game. Now, when you're in the... In the Premiership, you're not going to get as many chances as you will get against Bonnie Riggs. So you need somebody who is going to take them. I don't think that Zach Rodden is a a poacher-type finisher. He's he's getting goals. Zach Robertson is the same. So I'm hoping that Dundee can find somebody that is going to get them the goals. I think Tiffany will get a few goals when he gets going. I'm I'm wondering if one of the Mexicans can do that. Fingers crossed. Pineda, the striker. Pineda, the striker. But, you know, I was was disappointed that... uh, Charlie Riley is, is still injured still yeah. injured because he scored a barload of goals at a lower lower level I've got to say but I think in a game against Bonnier it would have been good to see yeah. if he could you know have show a bit of composure when, when the ball was in there and maybe maybe bag a few but and he might have to wait now yeah, with, with Pineda arriving you've Absolutely. got Rodden and Robinson have yeah. been decent Sometimes, especially a young player stepping up a division that, that might help him that he's then so he's then you know, under the radar a wee bit. I, I think it's unfortunate. I think his, his injuries come right at this time. It, it, it actually came from him doing extra stuff in the close season to get himself ready for coming up to Dundee because he, he was obviously keen to get going uh, full-time football. Um, I think he could have done with some games. Mm-hmm. Particularly these ones, whether it's friendlies or in, in the, the cup against lower league opposition, I think it really would have settled him in. I th- he might just have to wait a while because it's a massive step up from League 2 up to the Premiership I was um, going to say like, see when you don't get that initial chance exactly. to um, show the manager yeah. uh, the manager that I suppose he did technically sign him but yeah. I think we all know it was in the pipeline well before yeah. Tony Docherty mm-hmm. came when you don't get that chance to impress the manager and find your own feet and get yeah. an adjustment you do think it's it becomes increasingly unlikely that he's, he's likely to play a part in the kind of early stages and you do wonder whether that's got Maybe championship loan written all over it. Possibly, my feeling, but it's up to him. I mean, if he, if he gets himself fit and trains really well and shows what he can do, he's he'll bring certainly looking at his stuff at Albion Rovers. He'll bring uh, ability from set pieces and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. always a, a help when you're a, a team in a, a new division. Um, and you take penalty there. kicks as well, George. Yeah. yeah. So did Dundee had the big issue with penalties last season. <laughs> so does uh, Antonio Portales. Oh, there's yeah, no issue, well. just missed them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I d- remember last week when I did that kind of half-arsed research on the Mexicans. No, he's <laughs> oh, what, what is this? Is a national swear day? <laughs> um, I've done. I've done. I've done that full arsed this time. So, <laughs> and uh, Portales actually looking at his. Um, Starts in Mexico, he scored nine goals last season from centre-back. Four of them were penalties, which shows he was trusted to take penalties in big games as well. Some of them were playoff games. Uh, but he'll also bring a, a threat from set-pieces, uh, corners. Scored a bunch of headers and scored from corners. So it's bit, it's going to be a big thing for Dundee moving forward, isn't it? Bear, you mentioned you were hoping for Tiffany to chip in with a few mm. goals. That, in all honesty, the likelihood is if Dundee have a good season, it'll be... Be- it might not be because they've got a twenty-goal striker. It's because there's several several players scoring yeah, between five and ten. That that, that would yep. be ideal. That that's an ideal scenario, and I think they do have a few guys. I mean, Luke McCown has has scored a goal in, in mm-hmm. the but we've spoken about Luke McCown before <laughs> in terms of his consistent. He has to raise the bar in consistency. That's that's Luke McCown's big challenge for yeah. me this season. There's a, play, there's, a, there's a terrific player there. This is there. the season where he could define there's himself a, as a, a Premier League player. There's a terrific player in there. He has, to, he has to do it more often. That, that's it for him. But yeah, if you can get 
here you've got scorers from all over the park, including your defenders. Yeah, oh, it's a it's a it's a massive thing, a massive thing. Rather than having, I mean, we'd all like to have a striker who could who could score your twenty odd yeah. goals a season. But even twenty odd goals, goals a season strikers have days where they just yeah. do not score. So you need others to weigh in. So the more people that can do that, the better, Tom. Yeah, it's very rare that you get a 20-goal striker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not Rangers, Celtic, yeah. and at a push, Aberdeen, Hibs, and Hearts, in terms of just the amount of chances that require to yeah. be created for you to bag 20 goals is so unlikely. Kevin Van Veen, is, you sometimes, you get yeah. an out, every now and then you get an outlier. And Kevin Van Veen was a good example of Tommy that. Tommy Coyne Bear. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's impo- you just can't possibly rely on that. And they're also the curse of the strikers that fall. Mm. I mean, how many heart strikers had to suffer the uh, nuts and John Roberts? Yeah. <laughs> Until Lauren Shankman put that in there. Yeah. Maybe in five or six years, not since Lauren yeah. Sharp. It must be a nightmare yeah. when you go and somebody, you sign for a club and somebody in the last sort of 10, 15 years has scored 35 goals yeah. in the season because you're yeah. just going to be, there's you always, have that pressure. There's always people ready to have a pop. Even with Shanklin's goals last season, it's like, I scored too many penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's always, there's always somebody ready to pick holes and everything. But as a percentage game, for strikers, you know, the more often you get balls in the box, the better chance a striker's got a score. And some strikers yeah. got better percentages than others. Yeah. I've got to say, but there's there's no doubt about it. Dundee, I mean, I, I looked at the stats from from midweek there at Bonnie Rig, and I think they had about twenty shots at yeah. goal. Yeah, there's loads. Was... You know, so it was just. It was, but you've got to take some of these chances. Yeah. you've got to take them. So that's something that, that as you say, maybe they'll, they'll be working on that. Obviously, going going forward, but hopefully somebody will step up, George. No shots on target against was the one that I like. George has yeah. said that Bonnie Rig missed missed a great chance. They, they had to. They had one chance at the end of the first half and it was a bit of a slack pass from uh, the goalkeeper, John McCracken, and it was a kind of poor touch from Owen Beck and it gave Bonnie Rick a chance that I look at goal and it, it just flashed wide, but there was a big chance at the end. When, uh, Otherwise, McGatchy how did they look defensively? I think it's fine as well. Stats, stats are great to an extent, but a bit, I, mean, I, I look at United and you touched on it there with United where sometimes you, you look against lesser oppositions and say, well, if a better team mm-hmm. is getting the ball in the areas they're getting the ball, they're going to create chances. Mm-hmm. So even uh, the stats can be m- misleading because guys are crossing the ball into the, the stands all the time. So They, they were very dominant, yeah. really, in, in, in most kind of metrics. That Ashcroft and Shaughnessy are looking pretty solid as a partner. Shaughnessy just looks to me as though he's absolutely cruising. He's, he's strolled through pre-season, yeah. he mm-hmm. has. He's, yeah. you, can, you can tell he's a man who's done a few pre-seasons. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's, he's um, really, really, really comfortable. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that'll continue. And <laughs> he's a player that's always been rated by fans everywhere mm. he goes. I know mm. that when he was at St Johnston, there was big disappointment among fans when he left there. Yeah, he looks to me yeah. as he's one of these guys who just—I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of label him. I don't want to label him. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> no, I'm going to say uh, Alan Hansen would be a bit actually, you know. But that, uh, that's, that's sort of. Right. He, he, I think it's more. I to thought do you were going to say Neri. No, well. Tom, you're right. It's that kind, that of kind of player. Who, but I think it's, it's down to the fact I think he reads, spots the danger early, yeah. which is a great thing to have as a, as a defender, and never gets himself into too many awkward situations. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. can we can get that one time stamped. What's that? About forty six minutes for <laughs> our, for our social media clip uh-huh. where you guys compare <laughs> Joe Sonnesy yeah. as a mixture between no, David Neri and Alan. Some players are in that. I've met. I mean, man, we mentioned Sean earlier. Dave, Dave Bowen <laughs> used to say about Dave Neri if they were doing one against one sprints in training, he said if Big Davey was against the slowest player in the team, 
he'd beat him by a yard in the sprint. If he was against the fastest player in the team, yeah. he'd beat him by the yeah. same yard. Yeah. He just he did he did yeah. what he had to do. Some players are like that. Some players yeah. just give just, you that just, yeah, sort of calmness yeah. about them. Eh? Aye, there's been a lot a lot of that with Shaughnessy in every. What game. do you think? I mean, it was interesting that he played McCracken in the goal. As, yeah. as, obviously, they've, they've sort of been getting half each. Him and him and Legsdens. Is it going to be Legsdens in the goal Ma- on Saturday? Or, I, don't know. Or, or, I, think, I think McCracken's ahead at the moment I think yeah. um, I was just wondering if he'd maybe change it running into the, into the Premiership so it was, it was a half each so, but going into the Premier League they've got four games in the cup so it'll be McCracken yeah. Legsdens McCracken Legsdens and then he'll make the call for, for the Motherwell game oh, that'd be an interesting one actually because mm-hmm. I, I don't think you not always think the guy that gets the first game is the guy that yeah, foremost yeah. in the mo- even so, if they get two games each it's been a bit unfortunate for Adam Legsdens because the two friendlies mentioned that Cove and Arbroath, he literally did nothing. nothing. Yeah. In the, in the two halves, he didn't have a save to make. He barely touched the ball. And McCracken had a bit more to do. That's right. Cove, he made That's a couple right. of good saves. Yeah. Um, and he obviously saved the penalty at Arbroath. Um, so he's, maybe he's just been a bit more high profile, but he looks very, very comfortable with the ball at his feet, which is obviously a very modern way for goalkeepers. And I think that maybe just edges him in mm. front at the moment. You know what's amazing me? We're 47 minutes in. For those those of you not watching on the YouTube channel, Bear's sitting here with a sombrero on. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you watching no, no. on the YouTube channel, I'm lying. <laughs> but uh, quite obviously. They should be here. They should be I was here. hoping to have well, a sombrero. How often are here? Um, no, as we speak, there is an open training session going on at Dens Park and they were expected to join up with their teammates on, on Thursday. So... Do you want me to just check online? You can. Well, I'll break. Do, 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 breaking news we'll, we'll, live. We'll kill time till you get here, George. And you've you've produced a manager's timeline for their progression to stardom at Dens, George. When when can we expect to see them? Assuming they are here, because I can't wait for George to work. There's out. nothing on the social media. Oh my god! I, I thought Dundee might have. Uh, if they were here, they might have posted some pictures up, but they haven't yet. Um, so the, the, the plan was, um, obviously, they got their visa uh, sorted out last week and the plan was th- th- they weren't going to be able to make it before the game on, on Tuesday, so the plan was to get them in on Thursday. And we'll have to see how ready they are because they've been doing, obviously, stuff over in Mexico, but it's not quite the same as when you've got your coach shouting at you, I don't think. At um, least with modern players, when when somebody says they've been given a programme, they do usually do it. <laughs> Um, if one of them turns up and he's about 20 stone George <laughs> I mean it's, it's really difficult until we see them in the flesh how they're, how they're going to what they're going to add to the team but I've been having a look at their, their stats from last season and Patales looks like he was probably one of the, the strongest defenders in the, in the Mexican second division Pineda didn't have a great season uh, last season in terms of goals but the previous season he, he was pretty good uh, he scored 6 and 12 and was one of the top scorers in... What you're, what you're wanting from him is, even if he's not match fit, he rattles a couple in in training and suddenly Rudin and Robinson yeah. start scoring. So, and yeah. we, There's we probably a game. more pressure on Pineda as he's the guy that's yeah. been trailed over here as Portales' pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think he initially has to kind of justify that he's just yeah. not the guy over to uh, make Portales feel uh, kind of more comfortable. Well, that, but I think Portales looks exciting though. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a, there is an element to that though that bringing a player all the way from Mexico to a new country 
bring a pal with him. Um, ah, but, uh, you know, uh, I hate, I hate to be, be the old stick in the mud, but it's not who wants to be a millionaire. You can't just <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> no, but they've obviously done a lot of work on uh, looking into Pineda and, and seeing if he's, they think he's good enough, and, and, and they're really excited about him. I have to say, from his starts from last season, he looks like a very busy striker. He's, mm-hmm. He had a lot of shots on goal, didn't score as many as, as maybe you'd like, but if he's getting shots, that's something. Um, so we we'll just have to wait and see what it's like. They were previously teammates uh, a few years back in Atletico San Luis, and they got promoted to the top flight uh, of Mexican football. So, I mean, there there is a bit of pedigree there. Pineda is also a, a youth player. A busy striker. Let's be honest. We're not sitting here waiting for Dundee to qualify for Europe this season. No. So, as long as he scores a few goals, the fact he's a busy striker is involved could be just as valuable, couldn't it? So, I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I mean, I, time will tell. Effectively, yeah, it's really difficult. What he's got, can he can he hold the ball? I think Dundee need need that. They need somebody. They're going to have to play this season, as I've said before, pretty much on the back foot against quite a lot of teams. So strikers are going to be starved, but when the ball goes up there, it's got to stick. It's got to stick yeah. to get the team up the park. So if he brings that to Dundee, that that would be good. Ideally, as we've, as I've spoken about already on the podcast, if he can if he can bag a few goals out of nothing, if he can pinch goals, yeah. that's what, if we could find a striker who gets the, the scraps, the ball bobbling around in the box, he can he can find it in that space and get on the end of it and stick it in the net. That could be invaluable to Dundee. So I just mean to break the rules of this podcast, mm. Alan. That's that could be what Louis Moult brings United. Because United, whatever their problems, they've got a lot of talent there. And if they've got, if they've got someone that can keep the ball at the right end of the park, yeah, they're oh, going to be a threat. Absolutely. Those kind of players are invaluable, aren't they? The one thing that I think is uh, is probably slightly different, I don't think you go too much into kind of what Louis Moult brings as a goal scorer and a focal point, but everyone's seen him in Scottish football, but by the sounds of, of Pineda from what we've heard, the, the, the difference there is whereas Louis Moult can be more of a, a focal point and a... You know, his movement's good, so I don't want to say statuesque, but you know where he's going to be, yeah. uh, you know, when you're a winger. Exactly. Whereas Pineda, it sounds like he will be busy, he'll work really hard, he'll mm-hmm. close down people, he'll work the channels, and he also has real unknown factor, which uh, there's something yeah. there's something to that. When How often, I mean, how much of a merry-go-round is Scottish football in <laughs> terms of having played against people four times yeah. the previous season and having seen people on TV and you know what they're about? Pineda will have a real unknown factor. People mm-hmm. are not going to know whether he likes to run the channel. Both clubs, good signings, but players that everybody knows. Exactly. So you know, players, um, opposition defenders aren't going to know what he's like physically, whether he likes to go in behind, whether he likes to run the channels, how good he is in the air. So there's a real unknown factor there, which not only excites fans potentially, but you know, it's we know how much due diligence defenders do and. It'll maybe make them a yeah. wee bit uncomfortable when they don't know what this boy's about at all. So, looking forward to finding out. Aye, bear, I'm, I'm just thinking we were there through the Benetti era. What, era, what, what chance of the six-foot stri- striker shouting in Spanish? I'd rather have it defeat, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That might be what his teammates have to adapt to. He might not... He, I think he is a reasonably big lad, but you might not want to be jumping in the air all the time. No, that's right. That's right. I mean, he's just going to have to get used to it. I mean... But don't know the level he's played at. George's George's pinpoint. He's lower league in, in Mexico. He has played in the top league in Mexico. So you imagine he's been up against some some Aye. real, real quality centre backs. So uh, interesting because a lot of Mexicans at the very top end 
of the European game yeah. have done well down yeah. the years, but it's it's never been a market that's, that's been plundered. No. The way mm. that Scottish clubs and have gone to Scandinavia and and Holland, yeah. which is understandable because it's a lot closer, but you you don't get the no. the, the, the Dundees signing no. Mexican players. But that's what makes it so intriguing and mm-hmm. you know interesting, not just for us here in, in, in Dundee. For the, the wider yeah. public in Scotland, for Sky Sky Sports, they'll be keen to see what's going on. But it could be an eye opener for him when, when he goes and plays against Rangers or, or Celtic, and he and he plays for forty five minutes and doesn't actually get a kick of the ball, you know, because that's the sort of thing that can happen in Scottish football. But you've still got to work your socks off when you're when when you're playing. But we'll just have to see what what sort he is. Um, but it's really an exciting time. It's an exciting I'm just thinking, despite my cliched uh, sombrero joke earlier, I just hope the first the first red top or if Sky come up with a sombrero, I hope the two guys go, nah, <laughs> <laughs> no day, nah, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> We've never worn them, <laughs> and we're not starting. Now. <laughs> but it'll be good to see. It'll be good to see. It brings back memories of the of the Benetti, Benetti area without possibly the finance that was involved in those days, shall we say? It's also an it's an interesting one, just in the fact that because it's taken a wee bit of time to get them over, it's built up a bit. It's added to the mystery. <laughs> it's built up. But I'm also thinking there are other players. There, there, there seems to be a centre half partnership. Hmm. Rudden and Robinson mm-hmm. have done reasonably well. So can does Tony Doherty now have this dilemma that he says, well, they're not 100 percent match fit. I've got guys who are guys are doing well. Who do I pick? That's a great. That's yeah. a great dilemma for a manager. I would oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ah, that's a great. As long as as long as they are looking okay. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got you know at the back, El Portales is going to come in and add to that. Also, you've got you've got French getting fit as well. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he, he as I said, he was Dundee's top player until he broke his leg last season. So he he's going to come back. So that's going to put pressure, not just on the central defence. I'd be I'd be looking in in the full back areas as well. They're going to going to have to be up the scratch. Cami Kerr is going to have to keep. I know that Cami was taken off yeah. during the week, so I'll be, back, so I'll be a battle yeah. for battle mm-hmm. for places. And you're right, we've spoken. The squad now looks in certain areas is getting really heavy. So I'm sure that Tony Dock will be looking at that, and then maybe the maybe the opportunity for one or two, I think, to, to go out on loan certainly in the, in the first uh, few months of the season. I mean. Even in midfield with the, the young players that were already there, I don't think any of us would have picked the combination. Uh, for the the game at Bonnie Rig and and uh, the final preseason friendlies, I mean, Max, we we've been saying Max Anderson, he's had a dip, he's got to show. He grabbed the jersey. I don't. I I would would have thought Mulligan, Robert Robinson had a. a, I, a I, Robertson I, I, I had was a surprised not to see Finn Robertson in uh-huh. that team. I have to admit because he'd been so impressive in, in pre-season. Mean, I, I saw him at Cove and I think he'd been utilised before on, this, wing, on, yeah. the, on the left wing and what Finn Robertson does very well is keep the ball. Yeah. Get his, but he's certainly not a natural left no. winger but he has got a good delivery. He can do mm-hmm. a job there but he doesn't have the tricks that Tiffany has no. you know, up, up his sleeve so don't expect he's, he's not a winger but he, he's shown that he can play. He can go on there yeah. and, and, and do a job, yeah. And that's that's going to be a, a challenge for them. Well, what I think Dundee are missing at this point in time in the middle of the park, they've still got room for anyone else. As a player with a, a bit of a craft, but an experienced player, term. a Paul McGowan-type player maybe 10 years ago, you know, mid mid to late 20s I think they're, they're missing a wee bit of that. Yeah. They've got a lot of young boys who've got potential to do that. They've got Jordan McGee, they've Sean got good, 
yeah, I think that, so, no disrespect to Sean Byrne. That's kind of different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Sean Byrne is very good on the ball, but I think Sean Byrne is just is just too slow at this level. At Dundee are at at this point in time. He go and do a job. He moaned all last year when he was in <laughs> no, team, and now he's written them off. Uh, that was at championship level, and I still believe that Sean Byrne can, can do a job. He can go on and take the ball, but going forward, we need somebody with, with a bit of craft in there that can keep the ball at an experienced level. I don't think they've got that That's that type of player at this I, point in time. He's more of a runner, isn't he? It's, yeah, the yeah, power of box, yeah. box to box type player. And Mulligan, so does, it, Mulligan does exactly the same. Cameron I have to is, say, I'm Cameron, aware of a few, but it all costs yeah. 70 million. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's <laughs> the problem, isn't it? Lyle Cameron's probably touched the ball more than any other player in pre-season. The games I've seen him, he gets on the, he gets on the end, but he, he's don't expect him to produce magic every single game. It's not just not yeah. going to happen, but there needs somebody... I would say maybe a bit older who's who's got the nose to go in and, and, and do a similar job to Cameron and, and, and produce you know on a, on, a, on a consistent basis. Well, Doc, get out there and find them. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice 